Well, how many brought your Bible with you this morning? All right. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible, the Word of God, or your preferred electronic device. And uh, let's get ready to get into some stuff here today. Uh, Let's pray first. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together now. We believe that you're at work in our lives, in our hearts, and in our church. And so we ask you to direct our steps today, order our words, and everything that takes place. Thank you for your grace. It is sufficient. It's more than enough to minister, to help us to minister and be strong in you. Thank you now for working a work in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, today I want to start a new series or mini-series of messages that I call Passion Points, and I want to discuss why we do what we do. Is it important to have purpose in life? Is it important to know where you're going? Uh, I think it's very, very important. There is great value to living on purpose, yet many in our world live without any kind of purpose. They have, uh, haven't the foggiest idea of why they're here, <laughs> what they're supposed to be doing, what their future holds, uh, but we have insights and we have a way where we can know more and we can... Um, be aware of more, but uh, there should be in all of us a sense of importance to our lives. You know that we really are important to the Lord. He really does have you in mind in His great plan. And I don't mean to just say plan like in some kind of trite way that, you know, every way you always say God has a plan. But He really does. He really is the master orchestrator behind the scenes. And I don't mean He forces us into His plan, but He definitely lays it out. And He's got a a plan, a design, and you fit into it, and I fit into it. And there's something that I'm supposed to do within God's great plan. And what an honor that is, to be chosen of Him. Amen. And, uh, and, And so God wants to do some good things in our lives, in our hearts. We must know that there is something that he has in mind. There is something that he wants us to do. And uh, we should not simply float through life. Just kind of, you know, like you think of something floating on a river or on the ocean, just kind of pushed around by the currents, pushed around by the circumstances, the environment in which you live, where, you know, er the decisions you make are dependent upon what everybody else does and what what the economy does and what our society does. No, we should live with more of with more intention, that I'm going to go here, I'm going to set my course, and it doesn't matter what the, what's happening around me, it doesn't matter what's happening in my environment, I'm going to make it to my destination, all right? It's, it, it's kind of like in, in flying, in flying airplanes, you're told to pick a heading as opposed to just kind of go somewhere. Because they're, in the air, most always there's wind, and the wind pushes you one way or another way, and if you were going to fly from here to uh, another city, um, of course you know the, the bearing to that city, but the wind comes into play, and so you can't just say, I'm going to set my heading at this course, I'm going to get pushed off that course. And, and they, they have, there's instruments um, that help you to know whether you're on track, there's one called a... Um, a CDI, course deviation indicator. And, uh, and basically, you can see whether you're right of course or left of course. And, and, and one of the things that you want to avoid is 
what, what's called chasing the needle, where you're constantly, okay, I'm off course here, you turn back, and then, then you're turning back the other way, and you're constantly kind of doing one of these. You know, trying to, trying to get to where you want to go, as opposed to picking a heading and seeing what works with the wind conditions and getting to where you need to be. Uh, so how does that apply to my life? <laughs> a lot of people are doing a lot of this. A lot of doing a back and forth, and they'll go one way for a while, and that's not working. So they'll go the other way, and that's not working. And it's just kind of, it's just too random and not, not, not intentional. Uh, I mean, if you were going on a sightseeing flight... And you wanted to fly around the valley and see, you know, see Bogus and see the river down over south and, and, and do some things. I, it doesn't matter that much. You know, you can kind of say, hey, let's go over here. Hey, no, let's fly over here. And you just kind of look and, and, and fly around. But in life, we shouldn't be that way. Life is not sightseeing. Life needs to be more intentional. I'm here and I want to be there. So how do I get from here to there? And so we make decisions, we chart our course, we pick a heading, and we say, I'm going to get there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there no matter what the environment is around me, okay? We need to be intentional. We need to do things um, by choice and on purpose. With our church, uh, the Lord has stirred our hearts, and we've, from day one, had this this focus, and we've used this phrase, bringing life to life, meaning that we want to bring the life of God to the lives of people. When, when your life is infused with God's life, everything gets better. It really does. Everything improves. Everything gets better. And we continue to do that. We continue to desire and seek and do what we do in order to take a person's life from where they're at to where God wants it to be. And that's always up. Always up. Ne never does, does the Lord enter a person's life and wreck it. I mean, he wrecks the old life, but you know, he establishes something new and it's bigger, it's better, it's faster, it's stronger. Faster than a locomotive. Right? Or a speeding bullet or something like that. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I forget what verse that is, but I, I think that's in there somewhere. If I were to define and describe life uh, in three ways, I would say these three things. Life is, number one, connection with God. Life is connection with God. You will never experience the fullness of fulfillment and satisfaction and, a, and what God intends for you disconnected from Him. That's the very beginning point of experiencing life, that is being connected with the life giver, being connected to the power source, and that is connected with the Lord. And so connection with God is the beginning of life. Secondly... Life is a quality as God has it. It's a quality of life. It's not simply existence. It's not, I'm breathing, so I have life. I mean, that's physical life. My heart is beating. But when we talk about life from the Word of God, it is not just, we want to keep you on the planet. We want to keep your heart beating and your body moving. No, Life is an issue of quality, and the amazing promise 
the amazing concept that Jesus said, I have come to give you life abundantly, means that it's life as God has it. I mean, that's beyond my thinking. Wow, that's an amazing life, okay? But when we define life, that's what it is. It's not existence. It's not I'm continuing to breathe. No, it's the quality of my existence. That works in my body, works in my mind, works in my marriage, works in my relationships and my decisions. Everything that I have to do with uh, can be infused with God's life. Number three, life is growth. Life is growth. Everything that is alive is growing. If you are experiencing the life of God in you, things are getting better. Your life is improving. You are growing. You're not stagnant. You're not going downhill. God's life will make your life better than it has been, better than it, it ever was. Even through age. We know our bodies, some, you know, are affected by age, and uh, our bodies slow down to some degree, but that doesn't mean the quality of life slows down. When we're connected with the Lord, the quality of our lives continues to rise. Praise God. So that's kind of a basic picture of what the life of God is. On the contrary now, what is death? Well, death, number one, is separation from God. Death is separation from God. Now, the, the word death by very definition simply means separation. Doesn't mean that a person ceases to exist, but there are many alive people that are dead. There are many alive people that are spiritually dead. All right, And we know that when we accept Jesus and accept the sacrifice of God's Son on the cross for us, that it provides the new birth. In other words, we're born again from the inside out. God's life is infused in us, and now we are spiritually alive. But how many know it's still possible for a person who's saved, a child of God, to have death working in their physical body? To have death work. I mean, if someone is in, if all the relationships are full of strife and, and, and just bad, how many know that's not life? That's not a picture of, of the way God exists. You don't, we're not going to get to heaven and find the angels fussing with each other, <laughs> fighting with each other. And it's like, oh man, stay away from the angels today. They are ticked off. You know, no, that's not life. Life is peace and joy and, and, and harmony and, 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 and good stuff. And so, again, death is, um, number one, separation from God. Number two, a quality of life that lacks God. Okay? And that's where a person can be saved and they have life in their spirit. They are eternally um, good to go. But to varying degrees, they can have life or death working in their minds, working in their emotions, working in their relationships, working in every different aspect of their life. And that's one of the things for all of us. We want to increase the life level, decrease the death level, okay? And, uh, and so death then is a, the opposite of the life that God has. It's a, it's a worse life. Three, it's deteriorating. Death is when things are going down. When there's life, things get better, things are going up. Death, things are falling apart. When death is working in a, in a, in a life, when death is working in a, in a family, things are going downhill, things are getting worse, things are falling apart. It's kind of like, uh, in, like in science, you know, the second law of thermodynamics says that all energy tends downward and, and things get worse. It, it, I know it kind of messes up the whole macroevolution thing, but... <laughs> But it is what it is, you know, how stuff started bad and it keeps getting better. Actually, this world is falling apart. 
things are not getting better, they're getting worse. And, you know, I know there's contradiction there, but it is what it is. And, uh, and, but here's the thing for us. Your life is going to be horrible. Unless you override the downward trend of this world and connect to the life of God. Yeah, otherwise things are just going to get worse. Just wanted to prep you for that. Get emotionally okay with it. All right, I've got dark days in front of me. Unless you continue to walk in the life of God, then you override the system. It's nice. It's like Romans 8 says that the law of the, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death didn't go away. It's still there, but we override it with the law of the spirit of life in Christ. All right? And that's what we're here to do is, is, is to operate on these higher principles, these greater laws, and we overcome the downward trend by the life of God coming in and making everything better. Praise God. So at Life Church, at our home here, uh, there are reasons that we do what we do, and it's because we value certain things. Certain things have been shown to me in the Word and by the direction of the Spirit, and I am supposed to hold them in high esteem. I'm supposed to value them and set them on top shelf. Say, Aren't, isn't everything equal? No, it's not. You're not supposed to do everything. I'm not supposed to do everything. I'm not supposed to, uh, I'm not gifted in every way. You're not gifted in every way. There really should be distinction in our minds where we can separate things and people and assignments and what's important for us in life. Now, we do things, we do what we do on purpose. And of course, the, the commitment, the foundation is we seek to be led by the Spirit in all things. From everything from what we're doing in this service today uh, to building a new building to house our ministries, none of this stuff is taken lightly. Like, hey, I have an idea, and the next day we implement it. You know, it's not flippant like that. We don't Google what to do on Sunday, <laughs> how to have church. You know, three easy steps. No, it is a it comes from a place where we believe that the Lord wants us to do certain things. He wants us to establish certain things in people's lives. And uh, by the leading and direction of the Lord then, we are able to put something together that will take a person from where they are, wherever that is, whatever level that is, to where God wants them to be. And it's always higher. It's always better. And the Lord has helped us and enabled us to be able to do this in people. What a blessing. What a privilege it is to serve God. And so uh, what are we about? What are we supposed to be doing? Again, we do everything intentionally. Uh, we, we do things with the plan of God in mind because certain things are valuable to us. Whenever a person is connected to a part of God's body a part of the family of God, like a local church. We are one part of something very much larger. Whenever the Lord connects someone to something like that, it's because He wants them to identify with the, the purpose and the values of that part of His body. 
all right? We are here together because we hold certain things in high esteem, because we value certain things in life and in the Word of God and in the kingdom of God. But the Lord uh, does that so that we can be united and get something done, all right? How many know division is a, a killer to any good project, <laughs> you know? But, he, but when there's unity, when there's people coming together, uh, you can do things, you can do amazing things even without God, according to the, according to the Word. Uh, but we're endeavoring to cent- center around the plan and purpose of God for us. If, if I were to ask you, what does a good Christian or a successful Christian look like? Uh, you know, it's an interesting question. How, how would you answer that? H- how do you know if you are, assuming you're a believer here, how, how do you know that you are a successful Christian? By what standards do you measure that? By what principles do you hold yourself to? How do you know? Not measuring against somebody else, I hope, but measuring yourself by the plan of God for your life. How do you know what a successful Christian looks like? I think I know. We have an idea. And it's based upon four main passion points. Four main principles that I believe the Lord wants to help us establish in every person that comes through our doors and that is connected to our body and our family. You ready today? I'm going to give you number one today. And I'm going to give you number two next week and so forth. That's, that is the plan. All right. And so I was thinking about making point one this month, point two next month. Uh, because that's easily done. You'll see when we get into this stuff, it's easy to just be more exhaustive and thorough, but I wanted to be concise. Everybody like concise? Yes. All right, it'll take an hour, but it's <laughs> not quite. Number one, number one, our desire is to help people, and we see people becoming grounded in the Word of God. This is of primary importance to our ministries, to our church, and all that governs what we do here at Life Church. We want people to be grounded in the Word of God. If you have a Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. See, these are people who understand God's Word. They understand His ways. They understand His will. This is key to experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to give. All right, you're not going to have a life full of God's life apart from the Word of God, the very things that the Lord says to us, okay? These things provide an opportunity. When a person is grounded in the Word, they're going to be wise. They're going to they're gonna have strong faith. They're going to be the mature of the crop, so to speak. And, uh, and so in Matthew 4... This is when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. Remember, he went on a 40-day fast. He was out there, and the devil came after him to tempt him. And at the end of that, he got really hungry. The devil said, why don't you turn the stones into bread? And we just want to read verse 4 here where Jesus responded. But he answered and said, it is written. Is that a good thing for us to say today? Can you see what that reveals? Jesus knew what God had said. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to say that. It is written means he was, 
He knew that, of course, in those days they had the Old Testament. They were under the law. Jesus knew what God's word was. If you don't know what God's word is, you're going to have a difficult time overcoming the devil. That's just true. Can you see some value already in being grounded in the word? He said, and he quoted the scripture, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's quite an outstanding statement, I think, to say, you're not just going to get by on food. You think you just need food, you need some bread, you need some good food to sustain and, 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 and help you to remain alive in life? Jesus said, no, your life comes from hearing what God says. The Word of God is what will sustain you. Okay, let's take the opposite. That means an absence of God's Word is going to kill me. <laughs> The absence of God's word saps out of me the ability to live. And so many times, you know, I think people in general, now if you've been here a while, you've probably, you've probably seen that we value this already because of what we do. But so many people, it's just, you know, if they're going, I mean, even saved people, they love God, but they're going through a struggle, what's the first thing? pray. Having a hardship? Get somebody else to pray. Y'all pray for me. You know, and prayer is the answer to a lot of things, but you know, the absence of God's Word is a bigger problem. And people want to get victory and get a leg up and, and overcome in life, and they often leave out the most important part of that equation. And my question is, what has God said to you? Say, so I'm really going, I'm going to having trouble at home, having trouble in my marriage, having trouble with my stinking kids, or whatever the case may be. Okay, I, got, I understand, man. Hey, we're all in this world, and there's things to overcome. What has the Lord said to you? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was just hoping you'd pray. <laughs> be happy to pray. Lord, Make them smarter. <laughs> Lord, tell them to read your word. Know what I'm saying? See, when you recognize where life comes from, then you go to that when you're in a fix. And, and when you're not as well. When you recognize that your life is not sustained simply by natural things like bread and having a good meal but it's sustained by the Word of God, you'll make getting God's Word in your heart more important than lunch today. So I couldn't go to church. I mean, we had to go out to eat. <laughs> I've got a word for you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from God. We need to value more than natural things, what God has said. He's right. It will cause us to stand. All right. The Amplified said here, uh, it has been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Isn't that good? God's word will sustain you. It will uphold you. 
the Message Bible reads this way, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. How's your life? Where's it at in the potential of what God's existence is, which is the standard, which is the goal? If it's lower, man, this is one of the key ways to lift it up. More of God's word in me will lift my life up to that higher level. Jesus said it. He also said in John 6 and verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. God's very words are infused with a quality of life as God has it, infused with life. So I get his words in me, my life goes up. Man, this is good stuff. Praise God. And, and, and the Lord is helping us, people to, helping us to be grounded in his word. Three things that God's word will help you to be. Let me give you those today. Three things that God's word will help you to be. Number one, it will help you to be stable. God's word will help you to be stable. When a person is not grounded in the word of God, they are subject to the many winds of doctrine. They are easily deceived. They are taken advantage of by the devil. They are oftentimes flaky. The person who's not grounded in the word, they're easily pushed around. They're easily upset. They're oftentimes very unreliable. You can't count on them. You don't know because one day they'll be up, next day they'll be down. One day they'll be doing one thing, the next day they'll be doing something else. Just a lot of inconsistency in their life. They're, they're not very reliable. When you get grounded in the Word, it makes you a lot more like God. Remember, the Scripture said, He changes not. The Lord, He does not change. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, we change to a degree in the sense that we're to be changing upward and becoming more but not changing in the flaky sense where we're, I mean, the group of friends we have this year is a different one from the group last year. And the group next year, group of friends we have next year will be different from the ones we have this year. You know what I'm talking about? If there's a lot of inconsistency in your life where everything's constantly in flux, that's not a good sign. It's really not. There should be a stability in us. Don't you like... Uh, don't you like to have friends that are stable? Don't you like to have family members that are stable and it's not constant drama? It's not just, man, one day it's this, the next day it's that. Would you just settle down and live your life? Just be nice. Stop being upset with everybody and everything. And bless God, I don't have to put up with that. Sheesh. Just be normal. How many know a, a, a really strong Christian is the most normal person? I mean, their feet are on the ground, even though their vision is in heaven, you know? I mean, there's, we can relate in both worlds. That's what God has called us to, hasn't he? To touch heaven and to change earth. Amen. And both of these things need to be in play. But the person who's not grounded in the word, how do you define that? It doesn't mean they don't mem haven't memorized any Bible verses, but you can see it come out in their lifestyle. And my desire is that people around here are very normal, 
and very powerful, very spiritual, very relatable, but steady. You can count on them. I mean, they're the best people to work for. They're the best people to work for you. They're the, I mean, they're the best ones to do business with because they're, they're honest and they're just consistent. And, uh, and that's a hallmark of people who are um, in the Word, those who have been grounded in the Word. Let me give you a couple verses. You can turn to them if you want, uh, if you're really fast. Otherwise, listen and look. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Now, we don't have a law. I mean, we have a law of our land, but spiritually, we're not under the law. But we, we could say it in the New Testament that great peace have those who, who, who love what God says, who love the Word, who love what the Lord says to us. What happens to those people? And nothing causes them to stumble. Nothing. If I love what the Lord says, I don't trip. I don't stumble. One translation, or some say, nothing shall offend them. Are you one to be quickly offended? Are you all, always upset with people and the way things go? And, and, uh, and listen, there's a lot of imperfections in our world. There are a lot of imperfections in our country. There's not a church that does everything right. Not a church that's perfect. But are you always tripped up and bugged and offended by everything? Well, could I tell you from the Word, just kind of going with the Bible here, is you don't love what God says. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so easily disrupted, easily unseated. Amen. It'll produce a stability in your life. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 Hebrews 1, verse 3, he says, Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Notice that language, that God upholds all things by the word of his power. Do you need upheld? God's word will do that for you. Amen. Do you need to be lifted? Do you need things to be kind of held together in your life where it feels like things sometimes are just falling apart, things are getting blown apart? God's Word will keep it all together. He'll keep things working in your life. The, the, the Amplified says it this way, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by His mighty Word of power. God has a strategy. He has a way to keep things working, to keep things moving forward, to keep things rolling. You know what it is? It is the unchangeable uh, consistency of His Word. Jesus said heaven and earth would pass away, but my words will never pass, right? And so if I want to be stable, consistent, I should have in me a great dose, large sums of what God said regularly and continually. If he doesn't change and I want to be more settled and established, I should lock on to what doesn't change. Praise God. Be like an anchor to my life. Number two, God's word will help you to be certain. It will help you to be certain. There is a whole lot of uncertainty in our world today. 
whole lot of uncertainty in people's lives. They question what's happened and what is happening and what's going to happen. People don't know where they're going. They don't know what to uh, really lock onto. They have uncertainty. Psalm 119 verse 105 reads this way, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, when there's uncertainty, it's because people lack the ability to see what's coming, to see what really is. What do they lack? Light. But God's Word will bring that light. It's like little Jimmy in the nighttime, laying in his bed, looking at the closet, and he thinks there's something in the closet. There's something moving in there, and and Hollywood helps out to reinforce that. (laughs) But uh, little Jimmy gets afraid. Why? Because he thinks, it's not real, but he thinks there's something there that's not there. How many know you can fix his problem really quick? You know how you do that? Boop. Turn the light on, right? As soon as you turn the light on, oh, those are closed. <laughs> Everything's okay in here. Likewise, it's true in our lives when we have uncertainty or if there, there is fear, there's anxiety, what do we need? Just need to turn the light on so we can see what's there, what's not there, what's real, what's not real. When, the, when God's Word comes into our lives, that's what it does. His Word gives us an ability to see. All of a sudden, we can see what is and what's not, what's true and what's false. What we should deal with and what is not even a reality. I don't know. I'm liking this word. More word, more stability. More word, more light and more certainty in my life. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12 says, uh, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my... What? What does God perform? His word. So if I want God to do something in my life, if I want Him to do something in me, what do I need? Word. He simply needs material to work with. But too many times we're saying, Lord, work in me. Lord, do something in me. Lord, change my life. Lord, change these, this stuff. And He shows up on the scene with His, with his tool belt. Say, so let's get to constructing here. Let's, let's frame this new life in. And there's no lumber. He's got the power. He's got the know-how. He's got the ability, but no material to use. What do I need? I need to supply him on site with the necessary equipment to do the change, to build something new. What is that? God works with his word. The Amplified of this, of this verse says he watches over his word to perform it. He's looking for a word in a word from him in your life. So if I will build a reservoir and have a vast supply of words from heaven, words from God, then I pray and God shows up with the tool belt and let's get busy. Let's get this thing done. Let's get some things built and changed in your life. Amen. That's number two. Number three, the word of God will help you to be different. The Word of God will help you to be different. I don't know if anyone wants change in their life. If you want things, I'm talking about change in a good way, not the flaky way. Talking about, <laughs> talking about improvement. We are all on an upward course. Uh, but God's Word is something that is designed 
to produce that, to produce positive change. It's contained within the words of God, change for your life to make things better. It's an amazing principle here. Jesus likened it in his teaching, Mark 4 is one place, he likened it to a seed that a farmer would plant. How many know with a seed, uh, the potential of whatever that is, is contained within the seed? It doesn't look real impressive. It looks pretty bland. It looks pretty not, impre- you know, not impressive. But if you'll do the right thing with that seed and put it in the ground, it will go to work. And it will start creating something. It will start growing something. That's what God's Word is to us. Someone said, I don't really see the big deal. I mean, it's just words. I mean, no, but within those words is the potential to create something in you. And if I'll just do the right thing with the Word, it will go to work. This is what we, we can call effortless change. It's what we can call, you don't have to struggle. You, don't, you get the cucumber seed and you put it in the ground, there's no more work. You know what I'm saying? It's not like now we're going to strive and mm, try to make this thing grow. How are you going to do that? If someone doesn't understand the potential, they'll put it in and then dig it up and look, see if anything's happening. Nope, put it back in. That's the only thing that hinders the process. But if you get it in the right place, it has the ability all by itself to work. And when I get God's Word in the right place, in my heart it goes to work immediately. And it will, not it might. It will change my life. It will grow and cause me to be different. Here's the thing. That doesn't happen overnight. You plant the seed, depending on what kind of seed I imagine, it takes a certain degree of time for that thing to start showing up to where you can go, whoa, look at that. And coming to church one day or reading your Bible a few times does not a grounded person make. It is called the consistency of a lifestyle. And if you'll do it over a period of time, you'll not even recognize it until maybe looking back. And you'll look back and say, wow, I'm different. Wow, my life has changed. I used to be like up and down and I used to be upset about everything. And now, look, there's just a groundedness to me. It happens in every person. Jesus said in, in there in Mark 4 that one of the things Satan does is he comes immediately to steal that word out of people's hearts. Why would he do that? Because he knows the potential. If you get what God said in you, the change begins. You begin to become different. You're going to start growing. You're going to start producing what you couldn't do on your own. But with that seed, you do without Without hardly thinking twice. What should I do? Just keep putting that seed in there. Every chance you get, plant some more seed in there. Keep it in there. The devil try to get it out. And that's, a, that's another message. But you keep that word in there. It will do what's, what it's designed to do. Absolutely. I remember when I was at my uh, first high school reunion at, at 10 years. And I remember talking to a friend from high school. And... Uh, and we were sitting there, and she, said, she, she looked at me and said, you're different. <laughs> and in my, I don't know if that was positive or negative in her mind, but 
<laughs> You're much better looking. And uh, no, she didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. But uh, that's what I took from it. No, I'm just kidding. But but I took that as like, I hope so. <laughs> you know, from, because I knew. And here, here's one of the big deal, big deals. From the time I was 17 until the time at this reunion when I was 27, I had large doses of God's Word poured into me. And over a period of time, it will absolutely make a person different. And I am, and I'm different from then till now, and I continue to be on an upward change mode uh, because of more of God's Word in me. It just does what it's designed to do. And so I don't see great value in, in, a, in a church, in exalting just a program or an entertainment type of thing or, or something else above helping people become grounded in the Word. There are more things that we can do and we are called to do. But if you leave this out, man, I wouldn't go to that church. If I stopped preaching the Word, I would stop going here. That's why it's my heart not to, uh, I don't want to give 10-minute, 15-minute little snack. All right, see you all later. Leave your tithe on the way out. I feel like you just got ripped off. You know what I'm talking about? You went to high, you ever been to a high-priced restaurant and you get your little food? It's like, stuff that. I'm going to Panda. <laughs> <laughs> and when you come to church, you need to have a meal. You need to have some what? Some substance. Give me the Word of God. Because if I can get that in my heart, everything's going to take care of itself. That's the, those are the things that God works with. Doesn't mean we don't pray. Doesn't mean we don't do other things. But th- those are the building blocks. Those are the things that God uses to establish His plan and His purpose in our lives. The Word will produce itself in you. A healing Word brings healing, according to the Scripture. A joy Word will produce joy. A peace Word will produce peace in your life. When you're talking about relationships, you need the Word of God on the subject, and it'll make them work. It really will. God's one smart guy. Knows everything. Amen. So, Colossians 3, 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Don't be poor in God's word. Have a well, a a deep supply of God's word in, in your life at all times. So in finishing today, this principle, this value, this thing that we are endeavoring to accomplish in every person's life is the reason that we do a number of things that we do, all right? For example, it's the reason we have this service right now. It's the reason we have our weekend services here. We'll use a good portion of every weekend service to get the word out, to teach, explain, preach, and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I can get the word of God into people, I know I've helped. If you can receive or you can help get the word into another person, you have helped that person, all right? Say, why do we have church like every week? (laughs) Well, this is one of the main reasons. We need a continual supply and inflow of God's Word. It's why we have authentic life. 
It's the reason we have that system and that program in place and our plan, our desires for every single person who attends our church to go through that process and go through those classes because it is, again, why do we do that? We value the Word. We value people being grounded in the Word, okay? It's, it's this, this is top-shelf stuff, and we want to provide an avenue where people have access to everything they need to experience the life of God to raise the quality of their lives to that standard of where he is. It's why we have the Life Church School of Ministry, all right? And uh, we have a number of people here that have already gone through and have graduated, and some are students, and, and it's a year commitment, and it's pretty intense, but it changes people's lives. You get that intense week in, week out, not only church services, but then all those classes and studying the Word. Man, you can't help but be different. The seed works. It's why we have Bible studies from time to time with different women's groups and men's groups. And, and it's why we, we're, it's all about the Bible again. It's why we have a daily Bible reading plan in, in, in our church. And we've been doing that for a few years. Monday through Friday, uh, we read one chapter per weekday. And in the, in the year, we read the New Testament in, in, as, as a whole. All right, and people read some, many people read more than that, but it's why we do that. We want to, everyone to get into a habit, to establish a pattern in their life where they're eating. Eating is helpful. Huh? You stop eating physically, you're going to feel it after a while. You stop feeding yourself the Word of God, man, you're going to feel it after a while. You might not even know the cause. It's again, I don't know if I said this earlier in which service, but the more you stay out of God's Word, the more the world will make sense to you. The more the wisdom of this world will, will seem like, oh, that's not a bad idea. But you keep yourself full of the Word, man, you'll, you'll not be dealing with, maybe I'm going to go the other way. Maybe I'm going to go astray. It, this is why we have special meetings from time to time and bring in guest ministers to speak the word. What is Life Church all about? Well, many of you know, but if you can be real concise, you could say one thing that church is about, one thing that defines us, we're about the word of God. We value it. We continually feed on it. We continually seek to understand and know God's thoughts. And it produces some very valuable and important things in our lives. We want to be grounded. Praise God. We're in the Word of God. Next week, number two. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll give you number two. Father, we just thank you today for your life in us. Thank you for your Word. The words of Jesus, they are spirit and they are life. Thank you for working in us. Thank you for helping us to become grounded and certain. For us to become different, being made more and more like you. You're faithful to us, Lord. For that, we're thankful that you've made a way where we can experience all of you today. We give you glory and we give you praise.